Predictable Podcasts. Predictable Podcasts. There's a million of them out there. Dabbling about the same old boring stuff. But trust me, my friend, this is not one of them. This is Diary of a Bald Man. He's bald, and he's completely off his damn rocker, and I love that about him. Safety, dinosaurs, relationships, the many uses of a can of Raid in the bedroom. Hold on. Did I uh, read that right? What the... What the f*** happened there? All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. Welcome to Diary of a Bald Man. Yeah. Now your host, the cue ball himself, Alan Wooford. Hey, this is Alan Wooford and it is February 10th, 2022. So I know I'm going outside the box of what's generally considered to be appropriate for podcasts or for recordings by putting in dates and times and information like that, but I'm not like everybody else. I've got my own thing. I do my own way. And one of the reasons that I do that is because I'm independent. You know, I don't want to think about how everybody else does their show, how everybody else gets along and how everybody else handles things. And there's a reason for that. I mean, you want to be independent. You want to be different. You want to have a show that either inspires or educates or gets people going. And I was not prepared. I was not prepared for this week. Generally, I want to do a show like once a week. You know, I don't want to flood the airwaves with constant rambling. I I mean, I do. We're, in a sense, communicating and we're communicating sometimes information that's beneficial, information that may, you know, help others with things. I don't know. Everybody looks at it differently. But one of the things that I was surprised about was this week, after putting out the podcast Get Out of Their Box, was the number of comments, the number of emails I got flooded with. And I when I say flooding, don't misunderstand me. For the year that we had dragging up 6.0, we probably combined throughout the entire year received maybe 90 emails, 90 comments. And then part of that was in the setup, we didn't say, hey, communicate with us, do this, get involved. But since I've been working with Keith Kramer and reformatting you know, how we do the show, things have changed a little bit. People hear that message, hey, I want to send something to Alan. I want to get some input. And that's what happened. That's the reason there's a second show coming out in the same week that I put out another show. Again, you know, not wanting to flood the airwaves. But it's odd to me, and maybe to others too. I don't know. I'm not another podcast host. I don't know how other people get their input or their information. You know, they have different things on social media. But after that, uh, the last show, Get Out of Their Box, you know, not trying to fit inside what everybody else was doing. I got flooded with comments. And that's what today's show is about. You know, I'm under fire. And it's not negative. It's not, you know, positive. It's just people responding to what they heard. Now, I know I've got a large reach. According to Spotify, just from what I could see from the Spotify, because we're, I use Anchor to host the podcast, you know, I could see that 60% of the listeners are female. 
the largest age group that's listening right now is between like 25, 34. I've got some other ranges too, but that's the ones that's listening. And I'm curious as to what their interest is and, you know, an old bald guy rambling. And, and it's unique to me because, you know, I would think that I'd have to compete for just the people in my age group, the 50 plus. I mean, in dog years, world is shit. You know, we're talking about like 350 years in dog years. And I was surprised after launching the last show with just in a few days, the number of feedback, number of comments, number of information coming in. And it blew me away because in the year that we had Dragon Up 6.0, where JR and Betty and I had a variety of guests, I never saw this. I never, I didn't have that much input. We had some good stuff. People would comment on Facebook or they'd comment, you know, where we posted on LinkedIn, things that were relevant to the safety community. But this was great. One of the things that I constantly say is plan, prepare, communicate, engage. But it's the engagement side a lot of people do not participate in. Because they worry about how their opinion is going to be viewed. Is the information that they're putting out there, is that going to be looked at as being pertinent or a part of the conversation? And it's complete bullshit. Remember, outside of the box, thinking is, you know, just like I said in the last podcast, don't worry about what other people think. You can't control that. That's outside of your responsibility. That's outside of your control. They're going to have good days. They're going to have bad days. They're going to interpret things differently. But the thing is, as long as they're listening to you and you have some type of impact, you know, through auditory, because of what you say and what you do, that's all that needs to, you know, happen is that it has some kind of impact. In just a minute, I'm going to read over some of the great, you know, commentary that's come in. Now, quite a few of it was, hey, Alan, love the show. Can you do something on this? Can you do something on that? Just because they want to see my perspective or my view on that. Now, the only ones, because there's been quite a few, uh, and by quite a few, I'm just going to say like 10, my ideas on politics. And one thing I'll never discuss on my show is politics. That has no bearing. You know, politics and stuff like that, yeah, er there's so many views. There's so many ways to look at it. And the downside is, is people get into fights. We don't want to fight. We want to communicate. Yes, there's going to be times where you're going to be like, well, you, you didn't take my opinion. You didn't take my view. You didn't take this into consideration. That's not what my show is about. My show is about getting things out there, getting you to look at it in a different view. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Hello, you are listening to Alan Woford on Diary of a Bald Man. This episode is powered by Josh and Laurie Philpott, the owners of Crater City Inc. in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Visit them on Facebook or CraterCityLink.com. While Alan can and does cause trauma to your mind, Josh and Laurie can add art and beauty to your life and body through ink therapy and body piercing. Once the ringing between your ears has stopped and you've recovered from the bald man's rambling, go to mindinconstantmotion.com and submit your comments and suggestions. Now, sit back, shut up and enjoy the show. You know, I love how April puts into you know view what I really like. Um, 
and it sounds a little different because one of the questions that came up through the comments section, through the uh, emails that were coming to me, and for those that are asking, the way people got a hold of me is they went to mindinconstantmotion.com and contact Alan. Or they just emailed me directly at alan at mindinconstantmotion.com. So it's not like they Googled something. They were listening to the ads and the intros and the drops and everything, and that's how they got it. But one of the things they asked me is like what you just heard with April talking about Crater City, Inc. When I met Josh and Lori, you know, this was when I went up and Little Man was getting a, a, some ink done, and then I went and got tattooed done, and we're both veterans. So people said, well, Alan, how'd you get these sponsors? How'd you get Rack Ops? How'd you get Work Zone Coffee? How'd you get the... They're not sponsors. Nobody, nobody pays me for my show. Now, if we got donations, that would help offset the cost, you know, for our access to Fiverr, for people like, you know, uh, Keith Kramer and April and all of them to help support and help us communicate and engage and get this information out there. I don't have sponsors and that was probably the number one question. Alan, how do you get your sponsors? These are people I sponsor. I use their products. I've had stuff done by them. I was very satisfied. That's why I say the show is empowered by Rack Ops CBD. It's empowered by Crater City Inc. You know, it, and it may sound different to you, but I'm sponsoring them. Part of my issue you know, and dealing with things is I have PTSD. I, I have. I've been diagnosed for years. Uh, there's different, people go through different things for different reasons. I've used other CBD products other than Rack Ops. But the problem was the consistency. So when I started using Rack Ops over a year ago, you know, one of the things I noticed is it always worked. I never had jitters. I pass every drug test because it's THC free, you know. And that's some of the things you got to look at is it's not the quantity, it's the quality. Same thing with Work Zone Coffee. You get their coffee, it is great tasting coffee every single time. They have a great mission. They support safety all over the place. I mean, go to the Work Zone Coffee website and look at it. Go to Rack Ops website, look at their things. But, you know, when it comes to Crater City Inc., Josh and them, I mean, I could tell you don't let people carve into your body with needles or, you know, puncture, pierce, and do things unless they're good. You have to identify that by personally being involved. So that's why I say empowered by. So for all those that question that's like, hey, Alan, how'd you get these great sponsors? How'd you get them to be a part of your show? It's because I, I know them. I may not know Joe Rivas with Rack Ops, but I know his product. I don't, I know people that have used his product. I don't personally know the all the personnel behind Work Zone Coffee, but I know their product. So I'm sponsoring them. So if you hear it, see or say it, I've not been paid by any of them. I paid to be able to use their stuff, to have their services. So that's what you're supposed to do when you, you get something out. I don't want somebody to say, well, you know, your, your show is based off this because they gave you money. No, fuck that. You're not going to pay me to promote your stuff. I'm going to pay you to try it. And if it sucks, I'm not going to go out there and tell people it sucks. I'm not going to go out there and tell people it's the best because they're going to look at it completely differently. So for all those, that was the number one question. How did I get my sponsors? So I don't have sponsors. I have people 
that empower me, that empower this show. So let's get into some of these comments. These are some of these, you know, that again, with all the time we're dragging up 6.0, did not have anything like this. All the comments that came in were like, hey, you know, we love Betty. Can you get her more on this? We'd like to know more information about women in the field. Hey, can you get JR to sponsor this? You know, and and these were great. It was nice. It was good to hear back from this. But the engagement that we're getting now, just from this podcast, just from Diary of a Bald Man, has blown me away. So from Jeff Litz of Tacoma, Washington, Alan, I like the format that you have with Dragon Up 6.0 podcast with Jar and Betty. Do you plan on adding a second host to the Diary of a Bald Man as part of this new show? And Jeff, the answer is simply no. I mean, I'm the bald man. It's my diary, and I'm old as shit. Why am I going to put somebody else on here? Yes, I will have guests, but co-hosts, no. The reason is with a diary, those are your personal notes. Those are your personal reflections. Those are your personal observations. So the people you guys are going to be hearing from, like Dr. Pat Ballone, I loved her book, Why Am I Sick, Fat, and Tired? Um, For those that don't know, back in the day, I weighed over 330 pounds. After I left law enforcement, my, my world turned to shit. So I was losing weight because I had a physician up in Alaska say, Alan, see this scale? Within five years, you'll be dead. So I started doing my own research. Had I read Dr. Pat Ballone's book back then, it would have happened so much fucking faster. I'm telling you, I was miserable. My PTSD was bad. There were so many things going on. Then I'm going to have Dr. Hale from Total Hair Body. He's the one that cuts into my ass and gives me the pellets. And and that may sound odd to some of you. There is a male hormone uh, replacement therapy using pellets. You know, they've got injections, they got creams, they got all this. But because I'm in my 50 plus, my testosterone was down, my quality of life was down, I had to look at something else. Again, that's something that empowers me, that empowers the show. So yes, you're going to see guests come on, but it's going to be something that's for all age groups. You know, The young ones that I said from Spotify are listening, they're going to be like, hell, when I get old, I need to go to Knoxville, find Dr. Hill, Total Hair and Body. Oh, I'm going to have to look up Joe Revis and start using this for PTSD. You know, there's so many things that we share. It may not be pertinent now, but it's going to be something you think about in the future. So Jeff, no, I will not have other podcast hosts, but we will have some great guests. Now this one threw me off. How, how the hell he came up with this? I don't know. So on the thing, when you sign up to send a comment, if you don't do it through the email, you go in because you want some autonomy. So this one was from, and this is the way he spelled it. JJ, the the letters JJ, last name J-J-A-Y, from Okeechobee, Florida. It's supposed to be Okeechobee. The son bitch couldn't even spell it correctly. So I doubt he's actually from there. And it says, Alan, A-L-A-N. Why do you always seem so angry at people? Well, JJJ, for one, if you Google Alan the safety guy, you saw me on Facebook, you saw it on LinkedIn, my name all over the place is A-L-L-E-N. So one is because some of you dumbasses can't even spell my name correctly when it's all over the internet. You're the only one out of all of these emails that spelt it A-L-A-N. 
So are you sure you emailed the right person? I mean, it's even on my webpage, A-L-L-E-N, contact Alan, A-L-L-E-N. So why am I angry at people? Because people do stupid shit. But I am a cat and a dog person. So if you have cats or dogs, I've done rescue for years. I love, I love Rottweilers. I know a lot of people freak out. My wife is like, honey, I don't want a dog that big. But back when I was in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, you know, Samantha got me hooked up on Rottweiler Rescue. She was somebody I worked with while I was working as a private investigator and setting up a security thing. Um, that's a whole other story. But I love Rottweilers. I grew up with dogs. And so JJJ from Okeechobee, Florida, that's why I'm so angry at people. If you're going to communicate and you're going to get something out and you're going to accuse somebody of being something, don't be a dumbass. Make sure that you're correct and that you're not inciting some kind of rage. I'm not mad at him. You know, we all interpret things differently. And when he when he emailed me, he was probably just doing it from the name that he saw that was most familiar. But why I get angry at people is we make mistakes, all of us, including me. I mean, if you ask my wife, Nine times out of ten, I, I call everybody brother. Not women, unless you're masculine-looking, motherfucker. Then I'll say, hey, brother, what's going on? Just because of this whole, you're not supposed to identify gender, stuff like that, which that to me is stupid. Why would somebody say, oh, we're, we're not going to identify ourselves as male or female? That just doesn't make sense to me. You can either, here's the way I look at it. Not looking at you physiologically. You can either impregnate somebody or become pregnant. There's only two ways. Now, unless you're hermaphrodite, I didn't think about that. So, male, female, hermaphrodite, where you could change both. So, that makes sense to me. All right, moving right along. Richard Wilson. Now, this one's one of my favorites. He's from D'Iberville, Mississippi. Now, the reason he's one of my favorites is back in 1975, 76, uh, Dab was stationed down at Keesler Air, Bo- Air Force Base with the 7th ACCS. And we lived in D'Iberville. So, Richard, thank you for reaching out. I, I don't remember much of the place, but it was one of the great parts in my life prior to us going to Guam. Richard says, hey, bald man, love the show, but I'm curious about the new one being released called Two Vets in a Cup. You do know there is a twisted video surrounding the internet about two chicks in a cup that you have to compete with, don't you? Well, Richard, good observation. Other people have brought me that same information, but because I'm obviously not a dirty psychopathic porn freak like the rest of you out there, I did not know about the two chicks in a cup. Now, you will hear, because we did find out about this later, uh, when Keith Kramer did the intro uh, for the two guys at a cup. He alludes to that. I mean, we make fun of it. But no, the reason we call it two vets in a cup is when I'm calling out, you know, for those that are just learning about this, two vets is not just about military vets. It's also about first responders. And the reason is I'm a military veteran and a law enforcement veteran. And what I'm going to be doing is talking to other veterans, both military and first responders, to say, How did this help you? How did this build you up? Or how did it totally fuck you up? You know, because some people are like that. They went into the military, you know, country hick, city kid, whatever. Learned learned combatives, learned this, learned these trades. Then get out and you see that they're completely different. The mindset's different. The 
their attitudes are different. And in some ways, it's in a positive, because, you know, during Vietnam and then through the 80s, you could get out of jail and go into the military. And some people excelled, right, because they were given that other opportunity. They were given a chance to prove that they weren't just a piece of shit. So that's what two ball, excuse me, two vets in a cup is about. We're not, we're not taking a deuce inside of each other's cup and doing the crap that those chicks did. So, Richard, yeah, there, there is a twist to it. Uh, thank you for the question. Yes, there, there's probably going to be some concern, but once people start listening to the show, I think they will see that it's something beneficial to everybody. So let's get moving along. So yeah, we definitely don't want to consider that and sit thinking about it. So Justin Baker from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey brother. He goes, and I get that from you. I have to ask, what is your coffee or beverage of choice? I seen on LinkedIn that you are a proclaimed or self-proclaimed coffeeholic. So yeah, if you go into LinkedIn, it does say veteran, and then it says safety consultant, podcaster, coffeeholic. So I put this out because people will tell you, anybody that's worked with me, I will drink coffee from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. So to answer your question, Justin, um, my beverage of choice is coffee until I switch over to wine. I'm, I'm not a liquor drinker. I don't drink anything else. Um, for those that read when I had the alanwolford.com page up before it crashed, you know, after my daughter passed away, I was a severe alcoholic, you know, cause that's the way people tend to deal with death of a child or death of a relative or some other thing is they start drinking, they start doing drugs, whatever it was. Mine was liquor. Um, and it was nasty stuff. I, I have not touched liquor since I've taken a sip of my wife's vodka I did that once and still, until I started doing lap dances around the uh, subdivision. So, yeah, I don't. I really don't do that. So, I like my coffee. I love my red wine. Red wine's good for you. Baby Jesus turned a whole bunch of water into wine at a wedding. Uh, I was drinking a lot of 19 Crimes. I like Shiraz. Um, I'm starting to like these Italian wines. But as for my coffee of choice, I like dark roast. Sumatra. Um, it sounds odd. I don't have a particular coffee. I'll drink black, uh, excuse me, black rifle work zone. Um, I'll drink, you know, a variety of different dark coffees. I don't like any of like your Folgers your stuff like that. I'll drink it. I mean, cause not everybody wants that, that dark stuff that makes your cellular structure shake, you know? So I like coffee and my nighttime beverage is red wine. Uh, for those that were listening, like I said, 19 crimes, I, there's not a 19 crimes out there. I've not tried the Snoop one was a little odd. Uh, but I do like a Shiraz. I love Shiraz. Uh, I love, you know, it, it's hard to say this, but I'll go to total wine and more up in Knoxville and just try different ones. You know, I, I don't drink to get slammed. Uh, wife and I call it getting schnockered. But, it, you know, it's to help me relax. Okay. So I hope that answers your question. I like dark, strong coffees, and I like uh, red wines. All right. So from Paula, uh, Paula, excuse me if I say this wrong, from Basha, and she's out of Tallahassee, Florida. Alan, what do you do to relax? We notice on your podcast you tell other people different things. But what is something you do to take off stress? Well, Paula... This may sound odd. I, I've got a couple of hobbies. Um, some of them I can't do right now just because of space and time, uh, like putting models together. Um, 
If I have time to do it, I like to do what's called a cryptogram. And it's like a code thing. You know, you've got these series of letters you've got to figure it out. But what I physically do, uh, I'm getting ready to start back into some lightweight training from, you know, using a mace that I got from on it. But if I'm really stressed out, <coughs> excuse me, outside of reading, I, I'm a voracious reader. Uh, my Kindle and my iPad are both maxed out with books, particularly things based on true, you know, true history. Uh, I read a lot of stuff on spycraft, intelligence gathering. Uh, my father was an intelligence person in the Air Force, but then I had friends when I was in law enforcement that did everything from counter-narcotics to uh, violent criminal apprehension, stuff like that. So I like to see people, not that I knew them personally, you know, I, I like to read things on how they did this, how they caught these people that were just really bad. But what I physically do, now this is going to blow a lot of people away. I do laundry. Yeah, as odd as that sounds, I can go in there, wash and fold clothes. My mind's off everything. You know, I'm not thinking about work. Because as a safety consultant, you know, i got numerous clients with different and a whole variety of issues or events or things like that. But I focus on getting the perfect fold. And my wife and little man will tell you, they laugh all the time. You can give me a stack of shirts and they'll all be folded and set exactly the same. And I can do it every time like a machine because I, I just get into a mechanical mode. I free my mind of that. And all I'm setting is, you know, based off of growing up in a military family, growing, uh, being in the military myself, putting things into order. Because I have like severe, I, I don't want to say severe. I have ADHD or ADD, not really narrowed it down, but with my PTSD and stuff, uh, I can do dishes or I can do laundry. And that gets my mind into something else. I'm focusing on getting the dishes done, getting a certain thing, um, just relaxing. Nothing that takes an active thought or anything. And it sounds odd, but it relaxes me. Or one of the other things is, back in the day, I would iron my clothes. And it would sound so odd, especially being in construction or industry. I'd iron my uniforms. But it was coming up in a military background. And it, you wanted to look good. You represented a certain position. So when you went out, you didn't want them to think, okay, well, this is a shipbird. Not that people that didn't were. But because I had a different position, I stood out. Okay, so thank you. I appreciate it. That was a great question. All right, so here's another one that threw me off. How the, <laughs> the form didn't pick this up. This is from Nosy Bitch from Internet USA. So obviously she didn't want to put a real name in there or where they're basically uh, out of. Hey, Alan, my husband and I looked you up on LinkedIn after listening to that episode on first aid kits and PPE, my husband's favorite because where he sells uh, personal protective equipment and sanitary items. Of all the careers that you have had, which one did you enjoy the least and which did you enjoy the most? I too am a veteran and have spent time as a paramedic before I became a travel nurse. Well, nosy bitch, I... <laughs> I that just blows me away. I, I'm not sure why you didn't put your name in. I could see why Internet USA, if you're a travel nurse. So probably the one I enjoyed the least, uh, I would have to say when I got injured and I was medically discharged from the military, 
I got put into what was called the Veterans Training and Education Program. So what they were trying to do is because where I had a medical discharge, using my limited range of motion or my limited abilities, they put me in a textile mill uh, in Gainesville, Georgia. It was called Chicopee. It was a Johnson Johnson company. I was fortunate because my older sister, Leanne, was working there. Uh, my brother-in-law was working there. there. Yeah, a lot of great people. But with my background and my interest, um, I was really not looking forward to that. So when I first got hired on, I was put into basic quality control. I would look at material that was being produced and look for deficiencies where there was off-color, off-weave, off-pattern. Uh, it didn't meet whatever the requirements were for that. And to me, that wasn't a challenge. I stood there and was scanning material. Now, it's obviously important. Quality control is very important. But then I went into heat treat and other stuff. And all I did was feed machines. I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a challenge. And without a challenge, I didn't feel useful. I just felt like I was part of a cog. So that would be the least favorite. Now, my favorite, my favorite of all time. Now, I love being in the military. That was, but it was cut short. It was what it was intended to be. I got my time. I did what I was supposed to do. But my favorite thing, and I hate to say favorite, because it took one of my best friends in the world passing away, getting killed in confined space. When I got involved in safety, uh, I did not initially start training, but it turns out, you know, and I'm not just saying this, I'm not blowing my own horn. My wife, all my previous uh, students, previous clients will tell you that one of my strongest things is be able to communicate, teach, and get people educated on critical things, whether it's hazard communication, whether it's confined spaces, has whopper. I, I'm a great teacher and I enjoy that. And it sounds odd because with my PTSD and some of my my other issues, I don't like being in groups. I can't go to concerts. I can't go to things that you would think most people would enjoy. I do not like crowds. Fuck that. I don't want people around me. But I could get into a classroom. You could have 200 people in there. And I'm engaging, and I love it, and I don't feel drained. So nosy bitch, my worst was working in the textile industry and not that the people that do it aren't great. It was just not for me, again, because there was really no challenge to me. And my greatest was to train and to be an educator. So I hope that helps. And the last one we're going to go into the show, because, you know, one of the things I want to do is keep things simple. Keep it short. I don't want to go on and on and on. So this last one is from Riley Menzito from Houston, Texas. Hey, Alan, when will you do a video podcast? Well, Riley, never. So I've got a voice that's made for radio and a face that's made for radio. Okay, think about that. I don't want to get out and do video podcasts and have people dressing me with their eyes. I'm already dressed. I don't need the additional layers. But, you know, I had a friend that was in a vehicular accident last year in Knoxville because as he was going to work, he was trying to catch up on a video safety podcast and ran into something right in front of him so that's on him he's a safety guy tennessee has a hands-free thing so you know that's not to blame the show host but it was kind of funny since they were talking about distracted driving and dot things and then he gets into an accident 
Guys, this has been a blessing. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all these comments. And again, I am blown away by the reach and the response and the engagement that you are taking after listening to the show. We've got the two vets and a cup coming up. We've got some great guests that are coming on to Diary of Bald Man because not only do they empower me, they're going to empower you. When you think about it and you think on your own, you know, audible diary, you think about your own life coming forward. You're going to look at mine. You're going to look at yours and you're going to say, we could be kin. We could be this because that dumbass Alan has done some stupid shit, but I was right behind him. This is Alan Wolford telling you plan, prepare, communicate, and engage. And thank you for listening to this show. God bless you. If you believe in God, if you don't, well, you to hell with you. But thank you for being here. Have a great night. You've been listening to the Diary of a Bald Man. How do you feel? A little dizzy? Maybe a little nauseous? That was one hell of a ride, I know. It's our passion to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, Google Alan the Safety Guy. You'll find all the socials there. Connect with us, or else. See you next time on Diary of a Bald Man. <laughs> <laughs>